0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Plotlines. I'm your host, Connor. And if you like what we've been doing here on this channel, please like, share, and subscribe. Back with me today is John. Good to be back Connor, thanks for having me. I'm
1: really excited about today's interview because we get to talk with a good friend of mine, Father Chase Hilgenbrink. Father Chase is currently serving as the vocations director for the Diocese of Peoria and is a former professional soccer player uh, he played in Chile for a number of years before becoming a Catholic priest, so decided to just uh, get to know him a little more, talk about his life as a priest. A well-known star.
0: Word from our affiliate, Bishop Sheen Rosaries. You've probably worn through the chain of your cheap plastic rosary. Other rosaries simply can't stand up to the wear and tear of everyday life. Bishop Sheen rosaries are made of solid metal beads and paracord to withstand any condition and are backed with a lifetime warranty. Upgrade your rosary to a Bishop Sheen rosary made to fit your lifestyle or buy one for a friend. Each rosary sold supplies two weeks of food for a school kid in Uganda. You Use the exclusive link down below to help support our efforts here at Plotlines. The link will take you to sheenrosaries.com. Be sure to use the code PLOTLINES10. Happy Easter, Father. Happy Easter, y'all. So, Father, will you give us a short uh, um, sort of tale of how you became a priest? Just a short one? Like, um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think... know if
2: I can tell a short story, but the, the, the short of it is really getting down to the vocation story of, of who I am today was really a search for manhood, which I've talked about with, with many of the guys um, wanting to be a real man and not knowing what that looks like, especially when you're in your adolescence and just trying to figure it out. And, and you're in high school and you're in college and you're slowly uh, learning who you are and what you're about and who you want to be and it it wasn't until I was out of college until I really um, recognized that that my faith wasn't just uh, something that I do on Sundays Uh, it wasn't just going to mass but it was about becoming a man and and I realized that like in order to become the man that I wanted to be I never realized that it was like the man that God wanted me to be as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I found that out, I, I realized, man, there's there's so much about our faith, so much about uh, what God's calling me to do and to be. Um, and I wanted to live in a relationship with him. I, I realized that we can't be real men who God created unless we actually live in relationship with the man of Jesus Christ. And once I started doing that, everything else unfolded. So me being a priest is not my idea. It, it, it's not um, what I think true manhood is uh necessarily it's just living in relationship with jesus and then being free enough to say yes to whatever he asks and i think that's one of the marks of christian manhood is are you free to say yes to to whatever god is asking of you and 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 i think that my greatest you know uh, realization of my manhood was was when i became free to to become the man that he called me to be um so that could be a a married man or, or 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 a priest um, consecrated, whatever it is, but it, the freedom to say yes. And, and I'm a priest today because I, I think it's the fulfillment of the man that he, he created me to be. And now I have to do the same thing every day, making myself free. And we just got through the season of Lent, like growing in freedom to say yes to God. That's, that's what it's all about. So, uh, really that's why I'm here today.
1: Yeah. We talked a little bit, uh, in your intro, how you used to be a former soccer player. Oh, did you I not mention that? Player? No, no, no. Uh, that's all right though. Um, <laughs> but I had mentioned, it and uh, one of the things I was thinking is, like, answering God's will is probably like the hardest thing to do when you're not, f- like, free, and you, me- you mentioned uh-huh. that, and um, do you have any advice towards, like, what you can do to set yourself up to answer God's, like, call um, for whatever vocation you're called to, um, to do it freely and, like, to do it well, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe two things. Uh, we, we can't answer God unless we hear him.
1: Right. Right. And so
2: mm-hmm. uh, it, it really, this, this sounds cliche coming from a priest, but it, it could come from any Christian disciple could say the the only way that we know God is, is really to be in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And that relationship entails knowledge of him, which is like through scripture and through tradition, through our church, but it also entails like having conversation, like actually sitting with God, actually praying. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um I found the voice of God in silence and I, I never knew that silence was a vehicle to God's voice mm-hmm. and I didn't desire silence like most people. it's it's not fun, you know it, it's uh, until you find peace there until you actually live in relationship in the silence. Uh, sometimes we say that you, you don't it, it's not being alone. It's, it's it's being in solidarity, which means being in relationship with someone in the silence and that's mm-hmm. that's where it becomes fun, if you will. maybe fun's not the best word, but it becomes an authentic relationship something that i'm willing to do on a daily basis because i find peace in that relationship i find my fulfillment in that relationship so um, you know prayer is essential for any christian to hear the voice of god sitting and in, in silence is, is is maybe the greatest vehicle
1: to that um, i don't know if you heard but uh padre pio used to always say like this generation is lost because they do not pray mom's like yeah like absolutely right. like we don't talk to god enough."
2: right and, and, you know, it, it's hard to, to believe that if, if you, you know, have never attempted it or mm. if you've never experienced it. But once right. you have, you you just know it to be true. That, mm. that absolutely is true. I, I, and just maybe a second thing. Um, I always, you know, joke with you about being a military man, um, and, and you are, yeah. and, and, it, and it gives me like, I, I love the military, and I love, I love what you do, and I, I love um, the heroic witnesses of, of men who lay down their life and live such order and desire so much more than themselves. They live for others, um, but one of those things, I, I just got done reading uh, Dan Crenshaw's book, Uh, called Uh, fortitude mm -hmm. i recommend it to any man and because it's not really just about you know being a navy seal it's about what it is to become a man and and hit one of his main things in the chapter that hit me the most is just he just says do hard things Mm -hmm. i think if we want to be free to to do the will of god we have to set ourselves up by practicing doing hard things so that when hard questions are asked of us whether it's in military or um or whether it's by our parents whether it's by our spouse someday or whether it's by my bishop someday or whether it's God asking me to do something that might be difficult or I can't necessarily see why this would be good. I am automatically like I'm, I'm, I've trained myself to be free to say yes to something hard. And, and so as men uh, we've talked about this before too, it's just like doing hard things is, is is a great training for being free uh, to do what we ought to do in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's what freedom is being, being able to choose the right,
0: so, Father, how hard is it? You talked about you know being able to say yes to difficult things. How hard has it been to change jobs in the diocese for yourself?
2: You know, it, every personality is a little bit different, and our personalities have different capacities. Um, when I was discerning priesthood and I wasn't excited about a lot of things about the priesthood I didn't think that I would it would be a lot of fun you know or, or that it would you know I would find my fulfillment in it I, I it was hard for me to see those things but one of the things that I found really attractive in the priesthood is that I wouldn't stay in one place too long I one thing that was attracted to me was was mission right and so, so to kind of be on mission to kind of be a soldier to be I was a professional soccer player. So I was, I was always on the move, and I could be on a, a, one team this year and another team next year. And this weekend, we go to this city, and the next week, we go to this city because we're on a mission to like find victory, right? So, one of the things that I was trained in, and one of the things that I was ready for, and I was actually excited about was, you know, uh, I'm, I could be moved around a lot and, and to see a lot of faces and to be on mission in, in different areas. So, while I'm human and I enjoy stability, at the same time, um, when I get, when the couple of times that I've gotten a phone call from the bishop that says, I have a new mission for you and um and and there's more for you to be done and i'm choosing you for this i get pumped i get so excited yeah sure yeah it means you have to leave some things behind that you love uh, but i trust that that's 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 god speaking to me it's god's will that that i move in the mission and to advance the kingdom in in, in some new way so um, humanly, is it, is it difficult to leave some things behind that you love and especially a place like uh, the Newman Center here at the University of Illinois. Um, it, it, this was a, a tough assignment to leave behind, um, but I did so with great confidence and hope, knowing that there was something great that lies ahead and, and I'm getting to live a, a great
0: mission now and I love it. Yeah. How has it been being vocation Um I love discerning with men. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I, I love the opportunity to inspire um i love the opportunity to to work with youth um and those and i love to build up men no matter what vocation they're in and and to help anybody not just men but men and women to understand that god has a plan for their life so all of these things are like at the heart of what it is to be a vocation director to, to guide the hearts of men and women to know that god has a plan for them and then to help them to to live that plan for their life um maybe that's at the heart of christianity like that's that's the, the goal of everything that we do and so to be in such a direct role that that allows me freedom really because i don't have any other responsibilities except for doing that it's so intense um that i get to do something that's it's it's just a, a privilege
0: to do I, I love it yeah the ultimate missionary in, in a diocese yeah. basically yeah you have no uh, restrictions sort of where you can go We're in the diocese to find the people that need you the most that's right and
2: and to find them when they don't think they need me <laughs> this is yeah. part of the other part of the game <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no. i've also found that too true like with uh, whatever it may be like being a coordinator for a retreat or something something like you know where you're leading helping lead others to christ like the most fruitful things you get out of it are seeing the fruits of others right um, and then like you know hearing their their story and like you know what they've got out of whatever it may be um, so good well it comes back to like
2: you say that because you're made for fatherhood right right and i don't know if your parents have ever said it but you've heard it at least if not from your parents from other parents i know my parents said it like i want you to be greater than i am and they and, and so they they enjoy your successes they they rejoice in your success or in in your growth in your in your maturity because They want you to have a greater faith than they ever had they want you to be more virtuous than they ever were you know Mm -hmm. they want you to 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 not make the same mistakes that they did right so you also now desire that for others Mm -hmm. right and so you you see that and you're like this is what fatherhood's all about is is leading someone and helping them to become better than they were before and and so that's that's the heart of a father it's the heart of a man right this is the heart of manhood to to help others to come to know the lord and and hopefully uh be greater saints than than we are Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Oh, you're, you're known as a very good orator. I know I've heard many homilies from you that have inspired me throughout Great. the years. Um, but I was wondering, you talk a lot about manhood and I was wondering if you'd ever write a book on something like that or has that ever come across your mind?
2: It certainly has come across my mind and uh, it's very daunting mm-hmm. to, to, to yeah, write a absolutely. book, obviously. it's. Um, but right now, I, I certainly, I think I would have to really discern that and feel like God is asking me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really want to do something, um, just to, just to uh, say that I wrote a book one day, right. you know, right. um, there may have been a time in my life when I thought that, that would have been cool. And mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to write something and, and it be for the benefit of others and, and say that I wrote a book. I'm not, I'm at a different place in my life right now where I don't think that's very cool. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, I think we live in an information age where there's an overload of information, right? Right. And so my idea now is that I think I would only write the book if I felt like I was adding something that wasn't already out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have any topics that are too unique, mm-hmm. right? Like about manhood that hasn't been already written. In fact, most of my ideas about manhood is because I read something about it, right? <laughs> right. Or, or the Eucharist, which is something that I absolutely love and, and want to just, you know, inspire our church to, to really, truly believe and, and, to, and to go deeper into that belief and, and to harness the reverence that, that the Lord desires us to, to live with in the Eucharist at the same time like 2,000 years of writings on the Eucharist like it's daunting to think that I would add something to that conversation you know so um, we'll wait and see if, if the Lord ever uh, places that desire like like Chase I, I want you to I want you to do this mm-hmm. if, if he does I, I will because that's what being a man is all about right the freedom to say yes to God yeah. but also um, it would I, I think that I hope it's not a prideful thing, but it would be that I, I would be adding something to the conversation and not just repeating what
0: everybody else has already said. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I feel like doing more of this might be more of your route if you're going to do something uh, instead of uh, writing a book, because you might not be able to put you know into work or into writing something that. Is new. You probably could actually. I don't know. I'm killing I, my confidence right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. I probably can't write. Um,
2: no, no. You're, like... you're right though. I think I think that uh, as you mentioned, like I, I I enjoy inspiring others through through speak. In fact, even when I write homilies, I usually speak it into my phone instead of like <laughs> writing it because mm-hmm. my, my ideas flow through my mind and I have to speak them. I have to envision envision the people that I'm speaking to and I, I have to let it flow. So even when I write, I speak it anyway. So. Are your homilies still available on SoundCloud?
1: I know they were. They are. They were here. as
2: far as yeah. I know. They're all still available on uh, on the Saint John's Catholic.
1: Do ministry. you upload like new ones? No. Like, do you do you get to say masses are like a lot of? Those are so, is it is a vocation there? So yes, I, I don't. I don't have my own parish, and so
2: right. I don't have my uh, the same crowd. But every weekend, almost every weekend, I'm traveling to a different parish in our diocese and uh either covering for a guy who's on leave or just again inviting my i invite myself to some parishes because i want to get to the youth there or Mm -hmm. it's a parish that's that's really growing so um i certainly do that a lot of the stuff that i that i preach on now i try to focus it on vocation because Mm -hmm. i think it's something that's not preached enough and and if i don't do it then who else is doing it right like i gotta i gotta i gotta get your job description so um I don't upload my homilies anywhere currently uh, because it's it's a, probably a lot of repeat and a right. lot of um, similar messaging and uh, always reflecting on the gospel of the weekend.
0: But at the same time, a similar vocational message. Yeah, you mentioned uh, that you uh, speak your homilies when you write them. I speak when I write, but for different reasons, <laughs> right? Well, you got to use your gifts, you know, use yeah. yeah. the, the gifts you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Uh, so how important is fraternity in the priesthood, like amongst priests? We're finding out how, how important it is, right? Through, um,
2: through the good and the bad, you know, that we've been through in, in, in our priestly brotherhood. Um, you know, fraternity is, especially in, in the priesthood, is, is something that you know priests understand each other in a way that no one understands you right so even though my brother is one of my closest friends or my, or my parents you know i'm very close to my parents and, and i have friends outside of that um there's things that you know i just may not share with my parents or my brother just because they don't understand you know mm. like a military man <laughs> <laughs> yeah right there's certain things oh, like absolutely. you would share with like people who are in rtc or in combat that like that, that i could never understand right. you know and um so there's, there's that aspect to it, but there's also just that, that communal aspect to it. Like men need other men. We, we need other men in our life. And, and so just to just to share that and, and foster that, that relationship with one another to, to have accountability with one another. Um, if you spend too much time by yourself, you become weird, right? Like, don't be weird, right? Yeah. This, is, this is something that we got to keep reaching. Like we don't need a weird church. We need, we need men who are real men who are faithful, whether they're priests or, or whether they're they're married men. So um, fraternity amongst men is, is, is important across the board, but certainly in priests who oftentimes live alone, uh, need to, need to foster those relationships. And then also, you know, just that, um, you know, holding each other accountable and, and, and making sure guys are doing well and, and, um, and, and not, not finding, um, uh, comforts in, in areas that aren't virtuous, you know? So that's, that's all really present. I think, I think we all, Generally, know that, in, especially in an in an age of technology and in, in an age of, of COVID isolation right. in an age uh, where uh, you know interpersonal relationships are becoming less common, we Every, everybody is understanding the need for fraternity and, and community.
0: Yeah, it seems as though especially hard given the recent sort of uh, you know uh, decrease in uh, the, uh, the Catholic, you know the Catholic Church in numbers as well as in priests, you know, you have a lot more priests living alone in, in churches and not right. having as uh common opportunity to have fraternity. Right. Is, is that, uh, is that something people are trying to overcome? Like, how is that? Do you know how? Absolutely. Well,
2: it has to be intentionally done because life is busy, right? And so there's never enough time to say, oh, when I have time, I'll hang out with somebody else, you know, it's got to be built in. And I found that in, in my in, in my priesthood as well and there's there's hardly anything that i love more than than priestly fraternity so it's not it's not a chore um but certainly we have to make time for it we have to be intentional uh, about doing that and recognize um that it's not virtuous to say i'm just going to bury my head and work and i'm just gonna because uh what, what does a man do a man works as hard as he can and he provides and he, he you know and some people you know will sometimes you know say that about priests too like you know um uh, i've heard you know parishioners you know say that you know father should be here all the time He should never be away you should you know he's should just be people need him like he's only there's only one of him and there's there's a thousand of us and we right. need him here you can't leave and and um you know then i've heard other parishioners who who like get it and and actually say like oh it makes it like makes me feel so good to know that that you're getting away from vacation it makes me mm-hmm. feel so good that like you take yeah. a break that, that i know that you're you have friendships outside mm-hmm. of this parish and and so we have to understand that um, everybody needs that. And, and it's not virtuous just to work yourself to death and, and to burn out. Like I think the lack of fraternity has helped, has helped priests burn out. Yeah. Right. Uh, just like it's helped marriages burn out and it's helped, you know, um, relationships go to go to waste. So uh, there's got to be a balance in everything that we do. And fraternity is, is paramount.
1: Kind of going off of that, how has being a priest made you a better son, better friend and I guess, in a sense, a better father um, to your spiritual tr- children. That's great. You know,
2: living your vocation, whatever that may be for our mm-hmm. listeners or, or whatever else, you, again, you're, you're growing into a, like a, a new understanding of, of who you've been made to be. Mm-hmm. And um, really, you can't, we're all called to fatherhood, the, the three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, whatever that fatherhood is, we, we can't be Live in the fullness of fatherhood, and until we realize that we're sons, you have to be a son before you're a father. You have to accept that 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 sonship, you know. Um, in fact, that's the only reason that we know our father is because we are sons, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to know how that relationship works in order to be a father to those who are now our, my, at least for me speaking, you know, spiritual sons. And you, because of the ministry you're doing right here and now, you have spiritual sons and daughters as well. Like we all take part in that, mm-hmm. um, no matter our vocation. We we are, we were made to be spiritual. Fathers, and you do that because you know that there's a need in your sons and daughters, and and, and you, you give that to them. So um certainly priesthood is, is honed in my experience of being a son, mm-hmm. right? right? Even to my parents, even now, like mm-hmm. I, I still desire that. Like I, I desire being a son now as much as ever. Right? When we're young. Oftentimes we're rebellious sons, and <laughs> sure. maybe we don't even want to be called the son. We 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 just want to grow up too fast. Now as much as ever, like I I, I
1: want to be a son to my parents. I want to be a good son. I want to be a better son than i was before right do you find yourself clinging to your mom maybe more like and know jesus is jesus and his mother their relationship was i mean it's one of the greatest relationships the world's ever seen right. so as a priest i mean as a you know a reflection of christ uh, do you find yourself clinging to your mom more too not to diss your dad at all yeah no, no no
2: i don't i don't think that clinging is the right word yeah, yeah. um I, and, and it can be taken you know in different ways and maybe uh, seen as as um is less of uh, a, a proper relationship of freedom, right? Claiming means maybe like less freedom. I know you don't intend that, but yeah. but what I I guess what I want to say is my relationship with my mom. I, I think I've grown in reverence for her as a woman, mm-hmm. right? Maybe yeah. as Jesus, you know, saw his mom in such great reverence. Certainly, that relationship has been a model for me to to know how to live with my mother. Right. Um, but growing up with all men in the house, my mom was always the the only one, and mm-hmm. so. Um, uh I, I often didn't understand the relationship with women in general in, in, in my life. It was only through that relationship with with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, um, yeah, I I, I just want to honor and, and respect her now more than ever. And and certainly there's there's a closeness um through our faith that has grown more than it ever did when I was when I was growing up and, and lived in the home. So mm-hmm. um yeah, there's a beautiful relationship w- with my mom and she's such a faithful woman and and um, she, yeah, she she loves me like uh, I want to say like Mary loved Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, and at least she's imitating that love, if mm-hmm. not, um, if not trying to um, to perfect it.
1: Mm-hmm. I always say my mom's a saint. Yeah. I hear from a lot of other people too. too. Your mother? I, know, I a think saint. All, all moms are saints in some aspects. Yeah. I being, being a mom's not an easy job. <laughs> Probably the hardest. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Also, is it kind of weird being a father to your parents? <laughs> it is especially when they call me father
2: <laughs> I call them father, father and i'll respond to him, I'll say father father, okay, father. Uh, yeah it's uh it's fun uh, no a lot of people actually ask me that actually but a lot of people ask me do your parents call you father and uh, not always I think that would be weird uh, if that was done and it was contrived or something like that like you need to call me father no that's not the case um, my my parents actually it's kind of a kind Of a fun thing, but like whenever I do something priestly, they're like, Good job, Father. You know, I walk out and ask if I give a homily, yeah, like, good job, Father. Or, you know, um, so when I'm doing something priestly, they call me Father, but when we're just around, I'm still just chase and, yeah, and that's what it is. And I'm their son. So, um, what was the question? It wasn't about that.
1: Uh, well, it was about um, being a better son, and no, not uh, kind of.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was being a spiritual father to oh, parents. being a spiritual father to my parents, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, it's um it's kind of a cool thing it, it 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 was strange at the beginning to think that i would minister to my parents at the same time like over time i've been able to see them as the faithful of the church almost like just a parishioner that i would have anywhere else uh who who desires the sacraments who who wants who sometimes has questions about the church and, and wants clarity and insight and uh, certainly that had, that's had to grow because it wasn't comfortable for either of us, you know, to, to really. But because we love the church, we recognize that like that's really like I like to see them, you know, as the church, as as my bride, as the as the ones who I want to lead to heaven. So it's kind of like cool. Like it's not about me or them. Like they have to see me as father, or I see them as sons and daughters. It's more of like Christ and His church, and and I I want to love them as Christ loved the church, and and uh, so spiritual fatherhood in that way. Um, you know is 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 delicate when it comes to family and it's different when it comes to family but at the same time uh, we've we've grown in that together to see each other for for who we are and who who God wants us to be and 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 if that's me at times being a spiritual father to them um, they they're humble enough to invite that and um, I've I've tried to grow in humility enough to to provide it. John you had more to your question. Oh no that's
1: all right um I, I actually like one of the traditions that I love about like the ordination of priests is that after—correct me if I'm wrong—you probably know better than me—but yeah. um I heard it from Father Lucas actually. Oh, yeah. As after the priest says his first confession, he gives his a stole to his father, and then I forget the gift he gives to his um, yeah.
2: mom. But um, after he says
1: you. his first mass, he gives those gifts.
2: Right, him. that's right, So mm-hmm. yeah, so there's 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 a couple gifts and and um and it's, it's tradition it's not required by any right. means but it's a gift right it's freely given and and um but yeah it's a, it's a recognition that our fathers have um have been kind of the the leaders of of justice and mercy in our life yeah you know (laughs) a father do i know it your father (laughs) is usually the one who doles out the the punishments in life but also through that teaches you justice like Mm -hmm. listen your 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 actions have consequences so he teaches us right and wrong not that our mothers didn't do that but Mm -hmm. um but certainly the father is is one that's supposed to make us sons right Mm -hmm. is is the one who teaches us truly how to be men and he teaches us justice but he's also the one um, that that shows the, the father's mercy to us often, often in our life, and and um, and certainly shows us how to forgive and and those types of things. So, yeah, after after our after our, um, after our first confession, it doesn't have to be after your first confession, but um, yeah, I gave a, a a confessional stole to my father after hearing my first confessions, and and um, one cool thing about it is I went to the Holy Land as a deacon, and I knew that I was going to give that gift, so I got to take that confessional stole to the Holy Land. and put it on the rock in Gethsemane, you know, oh, where where, oh, yeah. where Jesus really in the garden the night before he dies is forgiven the world you know and um and so i got to touch it to that rock and and uh, and then finally bring that to my dad after him hearing after hearing confessions my mom is uh, i believe it's called the maniturgium so i could be wrong about that that's i right. think that's what it is but it's the cloth that that um after your hands are are anointed by the bishop with oil mm-hmm. uh consecrated hands uh to do a specific job in the church to, to to bring jesus's body blood soul and divinity through the eucharist for the feeding of of thousands of the of, of the faithful um, then he after they're they're oiled up he wraps a cloth around them mm-hmm. uh, which has a lot of significance um, but at the same time it, it really is like the practical significance is you clean your hands with that cloth afterwards before you because it's, it's consecrated oil mm-hmm. before you go and wash your hands you actually wipe the, the oils off of that. So it's full of oils mm-hmm. and it's full of the sacred chrism which is a, is a beautiful smelling fragrance mm-hmm. All that said, we conserve that. We put it in a Ziploc baggie, baggie just at the mass, but then later uh, I put it in one of those, you know, one of those boxes that are kind of like a gift box, a wooden gift box and that has glass on the top of it. And I presented that to my mother on, on the night um, of my celebration after the ordination, and, and it's a it's a sign of like um, really kind of like being like Mary, you know, of, of recognizing that that our ma- our mothers give the greatest gift that they've ever been given, which is their sons and daughters whom they love the most that um she's also given her son to the church mm-hmm. she's given her greatest gift away as it were symbolically and so um and so uh, yeah the pious tradition is that you know in, in the judgment that she can she can present her you know ask when when asked what is what is she given to the church or what does she give to Jesus she can say um just as, as as Mary gave her son so did i yeah and so kind of a beautiful uh, yeah. pious tradition beautiful. It, it, it's more of a um to the faithful and, and a thanksgiving to the parents
0: who, who gave us the tools to become the men that we're called to be yeah well i think uh last question great um what is the your favorite thing about being a priest i'm asked that all the time i think i could give a different answer every time
2: <laughs> uh, and most would say the sacraments i think objectively speaking that's we know that we were ordained to bring christ uh, into the world uh, sacramentally and and to forgive sins and, and to be that, that voice of mercy presence, the instrument of, of, of Christ present on earth. Um, but maybe a more fun answer w- and practical would be that I'm just humbled and, and I love being called to be in people's lives in the most important times. It's amazing to me and I'm very humbled that um, when people are at the most important times of their life, they call a priest. You know, a baby is born, they call a the priest. They want, they want you to bring you know life to their, their, their child. And when someone gets married, they say it's the most important day of their life. Who do they call? The priest. I get, I get to be there. It's the most important day of somebody's life all the time, like all summer long. Um, when people are getting ready to see Jesus face to face, who do they call? The priest. The priest, right? So it's, it's usually the last person. When when, when when a doctor can do no more, they call a priest. Like, you know how humbling that is, right? That's like, it's incredible. It's incredible to be a priest. So, and then of course, many more times of, of, of struggle throughout life and counseling and 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 uh, wanting forgiveness of sins, you call it, I mean, all these things, um, it's a measurable amount of, of, of things that we're called into, and, and the grace that we receive for, for that, and so and my favorite thing is, is, is entering into people's lives um, when, when they desire a new life.
0: Yeah,
1: wow, beautiful. Great answer. Thank, thank you. For, can give that one again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you for coming on, Father. Appreciate you guys yeah, having me.